Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we have <clears throat> Miss Kelsey Nicole Nelson as my guest. We're going to talk a little bit of DC sports, a little bit of her career and how she got started in the business. Of course, uh, thank you all for tuning in as well. You're tuning in on Spotify. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tuning in on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tuning in on iHeartRadio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you would, uh, or if you like what you hear, I should say, go ahead and subscribe on those different uh, areas where you you could be listening. And if they have a rating system, hey, and you, you like what you hear, go ahead and give your boy a rating. I greatly appreciate it. You know, five stars is what I would definitely love to see. <laughs> All right. Now, we do have uh, Miss Nelson coming on later on in the show but up first like we always do we start with the get it off your chest segment and of course ironically we're going to washington dc and we're going to be talking about mr daniel snyder for those that aren't aware he is the owner of the washington commanders yes they are the commanders now now they are not the football the law firm uh the law firm anymore known as the football team they are the washington commanders now now, these commanders are definitely in some hot water. It doesn't matter what their name were, whether it used to be the Redskins, whether it used to be the football team, now it's the commanders. They're in a little hot water, their owner is, because, of course, you know, uh, the Oversight Committee, Congress is looking into them. And, of course, you know, more news came out <clears throat> that there potentially there could be two different books of the finances for the Washington commanders that Mr. Schneider has. And who knows what's in those other books? He could have people he's paying. He could have just an awful set of real finances compared to what they they are. Could be it could be could be some everything. Could be anything in there. But there's reason to believe that that is out there. Uh, and again, this is not a good look for the Washington Commanders. I mean, you know, everyone talks about the stadium, and of course, you know it falling apart and those different things and needing a new stadium. But, you know, you may want to think they need a new owner as well because time after time, it seems like Mr. Snyder is involved in things, whether it be the um, the stadium, again, falling apart. Remember the railing falling apart when uh, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts was walking into the locker room and the fans just fell on him because they were leaning on the rail. Um. You have that. You have uh, the situation with cheerleaders and that situation, which is very despicable. And now you have this. And then, you, have, of course, you have the, the John Gruden emails, which I don't believe John Gruden was the only person in those emails. But that's another story for another day. <clears throat> but now you have the, the book of the finances, potentially. Now, this is another bad look for the Washington commanders. I mean, you know, you're trying to win on the field, but, you know, you have this hanging over your head and it's a distraction. And, you know, people talk about players and, 
and coaches being distractions. But when your own is a distraction, it makes it even worse. Uh, you know, it's just he always wants to be involved, obviously. He, you know, it is his team. I give him that. But, you know, maybe he want, may want to take a little bit of advice from Mark Cuban and step back some. And then, obviously, he may want to look into this and take these uh, accusations and these reports pretty seriously because he's not making himself look any better. And honestly, he's not making any owners look any better. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there are owners out there that have other things going on. But when they think about these things, it doesn't make them feel good. It doesn't shine a bright light upon the NFL. Not that there was a bright light upon the NFL anyway, but it doesn't make the NFL look any better. So, Owners. No, I'm not saying Roger Goodell, because for those that aren't aware, Roger Goodell does not make all the decisions. The owners make the decision and Rod- decisions and Roger Goodell carries them out. Uh, for those that aren't aware, I do think that Roger Goodell is the main Curian candidate. If you don't know what that is, take a look, Google. It'll tell you all you need to know. But anyway, uh, the owners need to take a stand at this point. I mean, he keeps embarrassing the owners. I mean, it's not like the owners are squeaky clean themselves, but uh, Mr. Snyder continues to be the leading candidate in, in showing why he probably shouldn't have a team and showing some of the things that people don't like about the NFL with how he's carrying himself. So in this scenario, I mean, you have he just, he's got to go eventually. He's got to go. How much is it going to take? How much is it going to take NFL? How much is it going to take NFL owners for you to decide that Daniel Snyder should not be the owner anymore? How much is it going to take? I mean, he's already involved in a situation with cheerleaders. The stadium's falling apart. You've got, I mean, this coming up with different books of finances. Who does that? Who does that? Apparently, Mr. Snyder does or reported that he does. We'll see what happens. But if I'm the NFL, I'm keeping an eye on this because you don't want Congress to keep getting involved in terms of the oversight committee. Because if that happens and they keep getting involved, you already know they're not going to stop at the commanders. There's going to be other teams and owners they're going to take a look at. Now, are these owners willing to take that chance? Or are they willing to cut their losses and let Mr. Snyder go? make him sell the team, and find a new owner. We'll see what happens, but if I were them, I'd cut my losses. All right, that was our Get It Off Your Chest segment for this episode. Up next, after the commercial break, you'll hear my chat with Ms. Kelsey Nicole Nelson. You're listening to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Do you feel the need? The need for speed? Yeah. I know, we're not living in Top Gun times. But if you have a middle or high school student looking to gain speed, or you are a collegiate or professional athlete that's wanting to get faster, then you need to check out Hulk Flash Performance, a partner of X3 Performance located at Boost Fit Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Middle schoolers, you can train up to two times a week for $200, and high schoolers, three times a week for $300. Now let me give you some facts about speed training. Speed training is a skill that grows like a tree, meaning you could see quick and dramatic improvements, but for the best results, 
Those happen over long periods of time. Are you ready to commit to the process? If so, you can fill out the form at form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. Again, that is form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. And someone will contact you as soon as possible. Let's Let's get you to top speed with Hulk Flash Performance. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And, you know, I went to D.C., D.C. area, Baltimore area a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I decided I want to go back again. And uh, I brought in none other than Kelsey Nicole Nelson. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. And I hope we treated you right in the D.C. area when you came. You know, we love tourists at this time of year. Lots of people in town for the cherry blossoms and everything else that D.C. has to offer, Mike. And I'm sorry I missed you when you came here. But I will warn you, be careful grouping Baltimore and D.C. together. You know, some people get in their feelings. I know. (laughs) I already know. But no, I didn't (laughs) didn't physically come there. I just was talking about, like, a guest or something like that I had. Oh, okay. See, that was a little better. I was like, wait, Mike came to town. I was was going to embarrass you on your show. I was like, he didn't hit me up and he came to my town, but it's okay. (laughs) So now I feel much better. <laughs> nah, nah. One of these days I'll make it back up there again. But uh, good, you, you should. Know, yeah, but it's definitely you know I mean I went up there a long time ago when I was a kid and you know saw the June bugs and stuff like that. But that's another story for another day. But uh, <laughs> you know definitely wanted to bring you on. Of course you know I'm, I'm you know it's, it's women's uh, women's uh, it's, uh, women. It's basically month. I want to holiday black women. Yeah. There we go. I got tongue tied for a minute there. I got you. Teamwork. Uh, We're celebrating women all month long. Even though we know yeah. Mike celebrates them every day because he has a black queen at home, a beautiful family. Um, and you've always been a champion of women, Mike. So I honestly salute you, not only this month, but every day for all that you do for amplifying our voices. Uh, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, I definitely got a little one that's got a, that's watching. So I, I definitely I love got her that. pictures on social media. I'm like, oh, you're raising a little princess. You've got a queen. So, you know, you are just the embodiment of what it is to just, you know, be always telling women that they can do and be anything that they want to do and be. Oh, well, thank you. You too. Kind. <laughs> but, you know, this show is about you. So <laughs> I, want to, <laughs> I want to talk about, you know, how did you get started? You know, oh, actually, before that. Give everyone the rundown of all the things that you do. Oh, my gosh. I I don't do anything, Mike. I just sit at home and watch sports. No. Um, It's, you know, it's been amazing. And I guess just to briefly introduce myself, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, based here in D.C. Uh, Wear a lot of different hats, but most people know me, of course, from covering sports in our nation's capital, all of our wonderful teams. We're still calling ourselves Districts of Champions. It's a fun time to be in D.C. right now. Um, I have my own podcast, Listen In with KNN on Fox Sports Radio. I do a sports betting show for the Draft Network. I'll be announcing a new job very soon. Um, so people look out for me on social media where I'll be doing some NBA playoffs um, with a company, which I'm super, super excited about. Crazy to think, like, where did NBA season go? But then we still have NFL storylines out there. So I don't know. It's just much happening right now um, in the world of sports. I also teach intro um, to radio and podcasting, which has been amazing. Capstone advisor at Georgetown University. Um, and then I also run a fabulous internship program with my Listen In with KNN show. So I have great interns that are working hard, three different universities. Um, represented Mike. And other than that, I do a lot with students and schools and Special Olympics. So obviously, I just like being in the community um, and just someone that, you know, feeds off what's happening in the community. So basically, if something's happening in D.C., Mike, I like to be around it. 
Gotcha. Well, you know, I'm taking notes over here because, you know, I need to kind of check a few more things off my list to kind of catch wow. up with you. <laughs> you do so much amazing stuff. You're holding down Nashville. See, you're holding down down south. I'm holding down on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. Now, I got to ask, how did you get into, you know, uh, all the different things that you do? How did you get into them, like from, I guess, childhood to now? Yeah, that's a good question. So I feel like for me, you know, I feel like sports just kind of came to me. And I'll tell you, so growing up, I was a daddy's girl. Me and my dad still to this day, we talk every single day. My dad is truly one of my best friends, but still a parent. All right. So that's first and foremost. But my dad, you know, he grew up. We grew up going to every sports game. You know, we went to uh, um, Georgetown games, University of Maryland games. I remember going to games in Cole Field House. I remember being in McDonough Arena where it was standing room only watching the Georgetown Hoyas. I played a bunch of sports growing up, soccer, tennis, basketball, volleyball, was always active. But I always like to say like my first true introduction to sports was through HBCUs. My dad is a, gr a graduate of Grambling State University. So Bayou Classics and GSU games are what I really uh, started going to, Mike, when I was very young. All my aunts went to Jackson State University. So this was kind of like my introduction to sports um, very early on. And so I'm from the DMV, but I used to spend my summers in Jackson, Mississippi. And so I kind of had this duel growing up. But something that kept in common with both the DMV and Mississippi was sports. I was always around them. I was always that girl that was playing with the boys, always showing that I could do everything that they could do. Um, and it just never left me. And I felt like, you know, when I was on that field, it was something special and it was something I knew I always wanted to be around. So I think playing sports was how I first started. And then of course I started writing about sports in middle school for our yearbook. Um, and then high school that continued being the news managing editor and then yearbook editor in chief for my high school yearbook for two years. And of course, Mike, the sports section was the best section of those yearbooks because <laughs> I had to make sure that we represented. And then of course went on to college, University of Maryland in Georgetown and just kind of kept growing my sports career that way. So yeah, it started on the field transitioned into journalism and storytelling and shout out to my family for listening to my sports stories first, very early on <laughs> and giving me that crucial feedback. And I just kind of kept growing from there. Wow. Sounds like a, a definitely a long winding journey and a definitely an eclectic one, definitely with the South and uh, the East all yeah. kind of mixed into one, one, <laughs> one, uh, a year, every year. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was, you know, but it was great. You know, I'm thankful for that. Cause I feel like, you know, growing up, in Maryland and then having my summers in Mississippi, I got to see really two sides of the United States and those two different cultures, I think kind of got integrated into me. So my friends will call me a Southern belle in the DMV because I feel like I have that Southern hospitality. So when people meet me, they're like, you're from DC. Like I thought all oh, y'all on the East Coast were mean. I'm like, no, we're not all mean. A lot of us are nice. You just have to meet the right people. Um, but then also just, you know, the busyness of being around sports. And so, like I said, you know, growing up in DC, we had all the sports teams. Now, mind you, I didn't get to go to my first professional sports game until much later. And that's because my family got a free ticket to go to our first professional game. And that's how I actually got to sit down and see, wow, like this is where professional athletes play. And I knew, Mike, once I sat in that arena, that was home and I didn't want to be anywhere else. And that's where I made that decision that I will get back here somehow, some way and make this a career. And that's exactly what I did. And so it was a lot of hard work, uh, but, you know, just thankful for the experiences that I had. And shout out to all the great athletes I got to watch, you know, growing up. Coco Miller, Elena Beard, you know, I'm talking about the Mystics, Karan Butler, Antoine Jameson, you know, with the Wizards. I mean, the glory days of Georgetown. We're not going to talk about Georgetown now, but the glory days of Georgetown <laughs> that I got to witness. Like, those were such good memories, you know, watching Maryland and, and Cole Philhouse and the history there, Richie Coliseum. Like, there's so much history here in the DMV, and I got to be a part of that and witness it just from being in the seats, um, you know, watching the greatness that went on the court and on the field. Gotcha. Now, you know, 
Not a ton of greatness going on with DC sports right you, now. You don't need to bring that up, Mike. All right. You know, you gotta ease into that softly and gently. You know, we get our emotions and feelings here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I will say we'll we'll start with the the newly newly named commanders. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you saw the trade for Carson Wentz and you saw Carson Wentz was coming to the commanders, what was your first reaction? Okay, so my automatic first reaction was, wow, did not see this one coming. But then my second thought was, it makes sense. And I'll tell you, a lot of fans in Washington, Mike, were not happy at first. They're like, Carson wins. Like, look at what he just did with the Colts. Like, the Jets, like, the Colts had one job and they couldn't do the job that they needed to do against the Jaguars <laughs> of all teams. They're like, I mean, do you remember Carson? You know, in Philly, remember he had that great season, but you know, like, what else? It's what have you done for me lately type of thing. And, you know, I think fans in Washington, Mike, had this unreal, unrealistic expectation that we would get a type of Superman player, that someone was going to come save this franchise from all that's happening in D.C. And that's just not the case, Mike. All right. It's very hard. And Bradley Bill just talked about this. D.C. is a great city, but right now it's not a destination city for players. All right. And it's just very unfortunate, even though we are the nation's capital. Washington has a lot going on off the football field and better believe that goes to players' minds. So many Fans wanted Russell Wilson to come here. He has the ties to Richmond, uh, Virginia, obviously growing up there. I knew that wasn't going to happen. I actually used to work with Russell Wilson's uncle, who owns a nonprofit um, in Maryland. They would love to see him play here, but come here for what? He wants to win another Super Bowl. All right. He doesn't. And Russell Wilson, you think about his brand and all that he's doing. He can't have controversy attached to that. And Washington has a lot of stuff going on that makes you scratch your head and go, hmm. So obviously, we weren't going to get him. And then other star quarterbacks. What do they want to do, Mike? They want to they want to add a ring to the finger. Washington right now has a lot of pieces, but no one's putting them, I think, right now playing in Arizona next year in the Super Bowl. So I knew we weren't going to get that type of player. Now, I knew we were going to get a veteran player. We did not want to go back through the process of bringing someone through the draft. Dwayne Haskins hurt our heart, and we're still heartbroken from that failed project. And so Washington is looking at Taylor Heineke, who is okay. He is okay. He can get the job done, but you kind of know what you're going to get with him. We know his liabilities. We know his capabilities, but we needed a veteran for him to learn from because that was the whole plan with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But of course, who knew? And we won. He <laughs> come down after a couple snaps. And so I think Washington said, let's try it again with another veteran. Carson Wentz is that guy. I think for Carson, it's a great opportunity for him. He needs that kind of second chance to prove that he can be that guy. Me personally, I've been preaching this. I think this is going to be his last chance to show that he can be a starter in the National Football League after what happened with the Colts organization. And many thinking that that would be a perfect fit, but they felt short of their expectations and where they wanted to go. So I think, you know, right now, you're going to have a bad marriage of Washington kind of bringing all their troubles and Carson bringing kind of some of the troubles that, that people say about him. And they're coming together, but they know they have to make good, right? This is their second chance. This is the couple that broke up. They didn't think it could work, but they're going back to the altar. They're going to try a second time and see if it can work. And I think that's what it's going to be for Washington. So, and also for Ron Rivera, I think I think this is going to be a true testament for him as a coach here in Washington. He said when he first came, Mike, that he wanted to do two things, change the culture and bring winning ways to Washington. Now, the culture change is still is, is still in a spiral. We're still trying to get there. Not everything's on him, but we do believe he at least has begun to change the culture in the locker room. Um, but now it's like the winning ways in Washington. We want that back. We had a taste of that, you know, for a season when Washington finally got to the playoffs and lost to a guy named Tom Brady, which is okay. I mean, he's Tom Brady. And, you know, Taylor Heineke, the legend of him, was born. But now last season was very disappointing. It was supposed to be Washington's division to, to win. And then, lo and behold, Washington found itself 
low at the bottom. Well, you know, before the Giants, <laughs> but it was helpful <laughs> to watch the other teams go to the playoffs. And so I think this was huge. And so I think both of these Carson Wentz and Washington are in a dire situation right now, both having to prove themselves. So I thought when I heard the Carson Wentz news that I want to see how this goes, but I do like it because I think when Carson Wentz is good, he can be what Washington needs to get the ball down the field, have somebody that's reliable and have a leader in that locker room. And I think for Carson, he needs to prove that he can be a leader because that's something that has not always followed him as he's went along his football career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and one thing I, I, I do, uh, I've talked about him a few times or I've heard people talk about him. And one thing that always sticks with me is uh, my guy, Damien Adams from the real deal with Damien Adams. Yeah, shout out to DA. Now, one thing he always says about Carson is he's excellent, but he always, he can be excellent at times, but he also he reminds him of a toy that's going, 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 and then the batteries come out the back and you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So that's the one thing I, <laughs> I, I think that's going to be looked at from Carson to see if he, in clutch moments, can keep the battery attached to his back. Can he go the distance? Right. Yeah. It's right. true. It's true. That's what, This is going to be a true test for him. He's on a timetable, folks. Right now, we're, at, we're talking about a league where there's great quarterbacks. Look at the AFC right now. We're talking about all these great quarterbacks that are playing within that whole division. And so Carson wins right now. Again, we know he can be good. We know he has greatness in him. But right now, it's, you know, it's, it's that train that keeps making all these stops. But we're trying to get to that final destination. And we haven't gotten there yet. And that's what we're expecting from Carson Wentz. And so I think especially in Washington, with a fan base that's very, <laughs> that's very with you when you're doing good. And they will turn on you when you are doing bad. He's going to have to prove himself. And he's been in situations like this. He played in Philly, right? If you can play in Philadelphia, <laughs> I don't care. You can play anywhere. But Washington fans right now, too, it's a must now. And Washington knows also they need to win because everything that's going on off the field, winning is kind of the cure that solves all. And so if they can win, I think overall as an organization, it will help move and propel them forward, especially as they usher in this new era, as you said, with the brand new name, the commanders, that's part of the new name change. They're turning the page. This is a new part of history. You don't want to start history off bad, Mike. You're trying to start it off positive. And Carson Wentz is the first piece of that puzzle to that starting. Also, we have a guy named Terry McLaurin who, hey, we got to keep happy. Carson, I hope you do. Get him the ball. Get him downfield. You have a great wide receiver that many quarterbacks would love to have. And so that's what we're hoping that he can really utilize, especially under the great leadership of a well-respected coach like Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, that we like to call him in DC. <laughs> now, I will say this. Uh, you know, they did boo Santa Claus and clap when the Michael Irvin got injured. So I will say Philly fans are definitely pretty ruthless at times. <laughs> yeah. Philly uh, fans are just different. <laughs> They're bred <yeah>. different. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And then plus also uh, with something you said, winning, winning is definitely the ultimate deodorant. If you're if you're I uh, got all these different things going on around your I like your that. Winning is the ultimate deodorant. You're right, because winning can cure all stink and everything else out there. Even though in Washington, we know the ownership will always be in question, especially now, you know, with many fans asking for transparency from an investigation. They felt like didn't get transparency and we're still learning stuff that's very questionable. Um, and so Washington, though, it's like the fans here, though, they bleed burgundy and gold, Mike. This is a football town. This is a franchise that has had greatness. It's a storied franchise. And fans just want to get back to that. You know, we're tired of just, you know, remembering the hog days. And now you have a whole generation, Mike, of millennials, even before I was born. Their last, their last Super Bowl championship, Mike, was before I was born. So you have a whole class of millennials that are like, all right, we hear our parents talking about the greatness. We hear our grandparents talking about this greatness. When are we going to get to 
witness that greatness. And so that's why they had to bring in a guy that hopefully people can believe in because Taylor Heineke, he got us high, he got us excited. But again, we got to see how far he could go. And I think we Washington fans love him because he puts his heart on the field. He plays with everything. But we really need a guy that can go the, that can go the distance and kind of be that Hercules, that savior for this Washington franchise right now that's really honestly in disarray because of everything that's going on. Right, right, right. Well, I was going to talk about, let's see, the Wizards, but I don't know if you want to talk about them very much because uh, <laughs> it hasn't really gone – Gone too well since they were in first place in the, in the NBA uh, East. Man, Mike, we started strong, but it's how you finish, folks. <laughs> and that's what's right. so hard, you know, about the Wizards team. But you know what we say in D.C.? Same old Wizards. And, and that's why it's hard. If you come to D.C., it's very hard to find a true Wizards fan sometime because they take us through so many different emotions. And I'll tell you, I think, you know, the Wizards franchise especially, you know, they had to kind of go through this new identity phase. You know, John Wall was a part of this Wizards team for so long and had become a part of that identity of this team. I, I tell people all the time when John Wall stood on that scoreboard table and said, this is my city. People love John Wall here. He did so much for the community. He obviously led this team and him leaving, you know, it was a new era for the, for the Wizards, you know, and then we have Bill and Russ, uh, Bill and Russell Westbrook happening. You know, we saw how that went and how far that went and we kind of got excited a bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, Westbrook's traded, Bill's here. And then we see what's happened, obviously with Bradley Bill this season, we're bringing KP, Christophus Brzingas. And, you know, just like we're so many different names here. People, fans were still getting used to it. And then, like you said, we started hot and we, you know, we thought the Wizards were the team in the East and that this might be the year that we really are the District of Champions because the Wizards are going to work their way up. And then all of a sudden, my reality set in and the Wizards are the Wizards and <laughs> we can beat teams like Orlando, um, but other games, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> It's just, it's, it's hard. But, you know, I think people are rooting for Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, they truly do want to see his success. And, you know, just hoping that this Wizards team can get it together to truly, hopefully, be a true contender in the East one day soon, once again. Because fans need and want that for the Wizards team. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, if, if the Chicago Bulls, which is the team I like, can do it, the Wizards can do it. It's true, because they've had a huge turnaround. I mean, the Bull, wow, right, Mike? Like, wow. Right. So you're so right. And so that's what we're hoping for in DC again. But this season, it just it was hurtful. You know, it's like, you know, you, you see that car that you want and you know you're you're driving it and everything's going good. And then all of a sudden, you know, like the engine is messing up and your engine light comes on, and then you run out of gas, and it's just like you almost feel like you're stuck. And so that's how Wizards fans feel right now. We had that fancy, you know, whatever your favorite car is, we were driving it, we were feeling good, we were bragging to everybody. And then all of a sudden, reality set in. We're driving slower now on the highway. Other cars are passing us and we're trying to catch up, but it's really hard. We don't have enough gas in the tank. And unfortunately, that's what it looks like for the Washington Wizards this year. I think they're still finding themselves out, figuring themselves out. They've had a bright spots this season, but unfortunately, Mike, we want so much more again for this team to be a true contender. And hopefully, 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 Mike, we want a championship in DC from them. We really do. Yeah, definitely there. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like a sports car that, with the wheels that kind of just flew off the side. <laughs> right. We're the NASCAR <laughs> car. We were in the race. Wheels <laughs> flying. You know, we're, we're starting to spark and smoke everywhere. And <laughs> right. And, right. Know, we're calling for help. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that Kyle Kuzma definitely is probably a piece that'll probably stick around and be there. But he's been a nice know. piece. Oh, we like Kyle Kuzma in DC. I mean, the guy is a shooter. I mean, obviously, he can make plays. Yeah, he definitely has been a guy that I I, uh, I thought would have done more for the for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, but I think in jumping into this role now of being kind of a de facto leader of the team, yeah, I might actually be better for him. 
you know, of course, they got to win with that, but you know, it hadn't happened yet. We'll we'll see what happens. <sighs> I know, Mike. We need we need right. happy times with the Wizards. <laughs> but Kyle Kuzma has been a fan favorite. Obviously, mm -hmm. the man can play. And like I said, I think for his leadership wise, like this was a really good fit for him to really show his capabilities um, within the NBA. And shout out to him bringing his unique sense of style as well to DC. I feel like <laughs> I see him more for his outfit choices on my timeline as much as I see him trending for his great gameplay. So you know, he, he brought him whole his whole authentic self. To the nation's capital, and for that we cannot complain. <laughs> well, he definitely did. He he of uh, the oversized uh, sweater, and then the the full leather, the full the leather outfit, like he was going into the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and then did you see his cherry blossom uniform? I mean, we need I to get a cherry that. blossom parade coming up because just. I mean, wow. Like, I mean, we said he's ready for so in, in DC Sunday brunch is a big thing. We're like Kyle Kuzma, that outfit was definitely ready for a DC style brunch. So <laughs> he's definitely invited to the brunch party. <laughs> oh my goodness, that guy. But uh, you know, of course, we did talk about DC, but of course, you know, I got a DC themed game for you. Uh-oh, let's do I've the game. Two, I've got two choices. Okay. You gotta pick one. Okay. All right, we're gonna start first. Mumbo sauce or hot sauce? Oh come on, mumbo sauce. Psh, <laughs> miss me with the hot sauce. <laughs> I, gave, I gave you an easy one. Mumbo sauce and fries. That's the meal. <laughs> That's the meal. <laughs> now I've got a, a, a song one. Let's see. EU's the butt or Chuck Brown's busting loose. Oh my gosh, I gotta go with. Come on, the Godfather. Chuck Brown. Come on, the Godfather, <laughs> of course. But you know we do like doing the butt in DC. So, and shout out uh, to Taraji and everybody else for making the world see what we do in DC. <laughs> I've loved that song since I was a kid. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Now I've got a I've got a little Maryland flavor for you. All right, let's do it. Juan Dixon or Steve Francis? Oh, that's a, why'd you do that one? <laughs> oh, that one's hard. But I gotta go with Juan. Come on, you think about that championship team. Juan Dixon, so special. But that one's hard. That one's probably the closest that it's hard to pick. Hard to pick. <laughs> now, I'll go back to Maryland a little later. But right. Alan Iverson or Patrick Ewing? Uh, especially because of as late, we definitely got to go to AI. He changed the game. You know, he did. I mean, obviously, we love Pat Ewing, but AI is just different. He's just different. And even now, I mean, he's Alan Iverson. He's on his own <laughs> level in his own class. Right. And we've got uh, – Last one I've got for you, Vernon Davis or Stefan Diggs? A little Ooh, Maryland flavor. All right. So this one, I'm actually going to go to my hometown. Stefan Diggs is from Montgomery County, Maryland. So I'm definitely going with Stefan Diggs. But shout out to both of my fellow Terps. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, I kind of kept it, you know, a little bit more college flavor. I like Maryland. it. I like it. The Maryland one's hurt, though, because, you know, it's hard for me to pick against anything. Maryland. Can you <laughs> franchise? Like, Oh, it's tough. It's tough. But you know, fear the turtle, and we'll be back next year, hopefully. March Madness. <laughs> hard to put out there, Lefty Giselle or Gary Williams, but I ain't want to go there. Ooh, that was my a good gosh. one. I started to put that one out. Some great there. questions. You had some great <laughs> ones, Mike. <laughs> but we did have uh, we did have a couple comments come through in the uh, touring the AFC South inbox, or a couple comments, I should say. Of course, Tristan saying Kelsey the Great. I guess oh, he's giving Tristan, you a nickname. Stop. I'm like I'm thankful. <laughs> And then, of course, Tristan said, with the Wizards, the Wizards stay in purgatory. 
me and Tristan are like right there. Exactly. Exactly. It's like you can only expect so much from the Wizards. And this is, again, why. I mean, find, go around D.C. I dare anybody. Go around D.C. and tell me, count how many Wizards jerseys you see. You're not going to see many just because, I mean, unless it's game day because, you know, it's like fans just don't get their hopes up. They really don't. And, again, we just know what we're getting in D.C. This is why there's so many questions surrounding Bradley Bill right now. And, again, he said it himself. It's like, you know, he's like we're either top four or in the bottom eight. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you kind of know what you're expecting in DC. We have trouble, you know, getting the stars here and we know we need more pieces, but we have trouble getting those pieces. So what do you do in DC? And this is why it's just been more the same, more the same, more the same. And life is about growth folks. And right now we need the wizards to grow. Yeah, understood. Understood. Now, of course, uh, you know, of course this is when the sister month and I want to uh, ask you, yeah. who is the black woman that inspired you along your road to be where you are now? Such a great question. And, you know, it's really hard to pick just one because I think about, you know, so many black women that inspired me, honestly, even till this day, um, you know, growing up for me and, you know, we, we had just the Maryland DMV thing, you know, quiz. I think about somebody like Jane Kennedy, who was really a trailblazer um, in sports media for black women. She's from Washington, D.C. So she was somebody I learned about very uh, early on growing up here. I think about, you know, Robin Roberts, you know, obviously the Carrie Champions and Jamel Hills of the world, but, you know, also old school wise, Pam Oliver. Pam Oliver, the goat, um, and what she's done. Lisa Salters, who is still getting the job done, um, and somebody we grew up with. So I feel like there's so many like women that I could point to that inspire, and you know, they're honestly the fabric of sports media and have been integrating uh, integrated into. It. Think about somebody like Josina Anderson, um, you know, who's from my my town, Montgomery County, Maryland, and what she's been able to do, um, even now switching networks, but still being able to break news and kind of really be a source, especially for football fans. So, you know, there's so many, um, but I'm. Just thankful for all those women that kind of paved the way and continue to pave the way and hopefully we're all paving the way for more people that look like both me and you in this sports space because there's room for all of us to eat as we say in dc definitely definitely i think that's universal because you know we all hungry sometimes but uh it's true, it's true though right <laughs> right right now i just want to thank you again for coming on to uh thank my show and uh yeah definitely definitely uh we'll have to do this again sometime but uh, for the uh, listeners and, and viewers, can you uh, tell them where they can reach you or what all you have going on as well? Of course. Well, I'm going to say Mike is awesome. So again, just great job, Mike. Thank you so much for sharing your platform. You can find me on social media, The Real K Nelson. Check out my website, KelseyNicoleNelson.com. Also check out my podcast, Listen In With KNN on Fox Sports Radio and on our website, ListenInWithKNN.com. And of course, check me out on good old Facebook, Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Super easy to find me. I love interacting with people, going back and forth with people. Yes, I have time to do that. So let's do it. <laughs> let's have a good conversation. And again, appreciate your time, Mike. Yeah. Thank you again for uh, coming on. And uh, everyone, you've been listening and watching uh, Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out. Peace. Bye, guys.